Welcome to Series 2 of York Hospital Ball. This week's guest is Richard Cresswell, a player who started his long and successful career at York City. A career which came full circle when he helped prevent the club from relegation in 2013. Richard discusses both spells at York City, as well as his time at Preston, Leeds, Stoke, both Sheffield clubs, and being an England Under-21 international during his first spell at Bootham Crescent. This episode is proudly sponsored by Haxby Sports Club. Haxby Sports Club is open 12pm until late every day, welcoming members and non-members into their comfortable modern bar, where you can watch a variety of sports on widescreen TVs, play snooker, pool or darts, or just sit and relax. Haxby Sports Club also has a superb function room, suitable to hire for any occasion. So why not pop in for a pint or for any function room bookings, give them a call on York 01904 768 300. York Hospital Ball is a spin-off from York Hospital Radio. The views of our guests are their own and not necessarily the views of the radio station. But without further ado, here is Series 2, Episode 2, Richard Cresswell. So Richard, thanks so much for coming in. It, it feels like not that long ago since you stopped playing, but then when I look at when you started playing, it seems an awful long time ago. I wonder if you could take us right far back to Bridland and Rangers and uh, how you were sort of scouted by York City and how that move came about. Yeah, that's some years ago. You know, it's, it seems a million miles away now, but back in the day when it was the old on the old schoolboys, I was playing for Bridland and Rangers and also East Yorkshire, the county side, and a guy called Ricky Sprazier, who was the youth team coach, but me playing for the county side and invited me in at under 15 level so from that day my dad brought me through every Tuesday every Friday after work when he was really tired my dad was a plumbing and heating engineer you know worked all hours but he managed to cut his day short and and I'm forever grateful for him it's a good 40 mile trip isn't yeah it? He drive me through every Tuesday Friday and obviously the game days on a Sunday when I was under 15 16 and obviously I progressed through and and got a YTS. Who was your team that you supported? Uh, well, it was a bit of, a, of an odd one, really. So my dad's a massive Leeds fan. My mum's a, a Sheffield Wednesday fan. So I did follow them a lot, Leeds in particular. But Ian Rush was my favourite striker. So I loved watching him score goals every week. So I followed followed Liverpool a bit as well, yeah. What was life like as an apprentice back then? Do you know what? You came into the game knowing that you had to work really, really hard. Not just on the pitch, but off the pitch. Not only was I a youth team footballer, but I was the head kit man. I was head boy. We used to have to wash our own sheets. We used to have to look after ourselves. Nowadays, unfortunately, in my opinion, the, the kids get too much too soon. Yes, they can t- dedicate their whole life to just the football, but it's the other important things about doing the kit and doing the boots. And we was painting the stadium back then just to keep them grounded. And, and unfortunately, now I, I don't think they get that. And they get a bit mollycoddled, maybe. I think so. Yeah. And I tell my lad that all the time. <laughs> Whose boots did you clean then back then? I actually cleaned Alan Little's, all right. uh, the managers. So I had to make a bit of pressure there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had to make them perfect and, and Ricky Sprazius. Uh, and there was a guy called Steve Bushell. He used to look after me at Christmas. So that was fantastic. Um, how inspiring were those? 
York City players. I mean, a lot of those players came through the academy, didn't they? Him, Graham Murty, Darren Williams, yourself, Jonathan Green. Was that, that give you a lot of hope in the youth team, thinking, well, if I'm good enough, I will get my chance? Whereas I think maybe now, you know, teams just go buy someone, won't they, rather than take that risk? Yeah, I, th- lads. I think you're right. We was in League One at the time, and the team that was in front of you had like Paul Barnes, like Steve Tuttle, Andy McMillan, Wayne Hall, Nigel Pepper. I can go on with John McCarthy, obviously. And you looked up to these guys because there was good players and good professionals. Yes, they had the laugh off the pitch, you know, they socialised together. But when they was crossed that line, they, they got the results. And we, we learnt so much from them, being around them. The boys got an opportunity, so we saw people progressing through. Unfortunately for me, I, I made my debut at a very young age. Yeah, um, I was going to say that, you know, top scorer at youth level for a number of years. Mm-hmm. You, you, you didn't really have any substitute appearances. You were just sort of straight into the yeah. side, weren't you? Debut at Brentford alongside Paul Barnes. What, what's your memories of that game? It came about really oddly. I was on the on the minibus going to the youth team and I think Glenn Naylor fell ill that day. Uh, somehow they got hold of them, the youth team manager Ricky Brazier and, and uh, I had to wait for the bus outside Ellen Road to pick me up and they picked me up we went down to Brentford and made my debut You probably didn't have much time to think about it whereas if you as a young lad if you'd have known maybe a week before that you were going to make your debut on the Saturday yeah. would, you might have possibly panicked I don't know yeah, do you may- think it may maybe. who knows I just thought I was so confident in my own ability that I felt that even at that young age that I wanted to get an opportunity I'd been scoring goals at, at the youth level every week and it was just great that the manager decided to throw me in and do you know what I should have scored within 30 seconds of, of the game I went through on goal and keeper made what I'd say still is a, was a world class save so. <laughs> <laughs> you're not bitter about it are you no. so what was the step up like from sort of youth team to men's football in that Brentford game yeah I, went, yeah. I, I was really confident you know I, I believed in, in my ability and and I thought, do you know what, this is my opportunity to take. And I did okay that game. And it rolled on. And a few games later, I managed to get a debut goal, which was fantastic. And as a young boy, you just think, this is the start. And it's going to carry on. You're going to score goals. It's going to be perfect. But football's not like that. So looking back, because that game, Valley Parade, where you're right, you, you know, he's got a, a really good header. That's Paul Barnes's last game, I, I mm-hmm. believe, as well, in the York City shirt. Was that part of a problem for you, sort of the next couple of seasons? Some of the crowd were on your back a little bit, mm-hmm. weren't they? Which, right, which yeah. is a young lad is difficult do you think part of the problem was that because you were replacing almost Paul Barnes who's a club legend and also the club have had like promotion in 93 to beat Man United and all that did you feel that extra pressure I think the expectation the bar was really high with Barnes he scored goals you know for years and years and he was an absolute cult hero at York and they was looking for someone to hit the ground running and take over that mantle and for me for such a young lad at 18 years old I got thrusted in and you know I scored the goal and everybody's saying this guy's going to fill his boots and it didn't go like that it was really tough back in them days you, ne- you never had any psychological sport to dig in and try and find yourself again and if you go five games without scoring then as a young lad you, you got on top of yourself and I found it really difficult and eventually Alan Little took me out of the firing line and did the best thing for me was just take me away from the club and send me out on loan and I think it did me it did me a lot of good that yeah, so that, that's your spell at Mansfield, you're talking about there, didn't you, where you scored? Yeah. And the next season, I, I noticed, you know, it's a little bit better with, with sort of games. I think you started 18, scored four goals, but was it quite difficult to get in ahead of sort of Rodney Rowe, Gary Bull, Neil Tolson? Yeah, Paul Baker was around. Paul Baker as yeah, well. There yeah, was, there was a lot of senior pros there, and obviously I was still a young lad, and I wasn't scoring as many as I thought I should have been. Weren't getting opportunities, like you say, only 18 games, got four goals that season. But for me, I, I started to learn about myself, started to mature a little bit. I started 
started working even harder in training on and off the pitch. My physicality was getting better year after year and that just rolled me into the following year and that summer I never had any time off. I worked constantly every day through the close season I came back and I think I shocked everybody well that was it I was looking back at some of the news articles around that time and you yourself seemed to big up that season before it begun Mm -hmm. like almost put yourself under massive amount of pressure saying that at one point it was like your last chance at York City and you wanted to prove people wrong and and did you feel that was almost like a last chance almost as a professional or or maybe at league one level that if you didn't get a a regular starting spot you might have to kind of drop down yeah I think there's a lot of pressure there yeah I think as time goes by and looking back on it now I used to think to myself when I was young that do you know what I want to prove people wrong like you've just said there but what I've learned over time and what I learned over the years is that it's about proving to yourself that you're right that you know you are good enough and that's what I did back then because I really believed in my ability and it was just getting the opportunity and taking that opportunity to the maximum. Although we talk about goals here, but your game's not always been just about goals, has it? You're saying about your improved physicality there. You, you know, you, sometimes it's about bringing others into play, isn't it? And maybe kind of having a massive contribution for the team, not just in a goal scoring sense. Yeah, w- without a doubt. I think that's why I played, I think, over 600 games. You know, I think it was a trust element that the managers had in me that I could do a job if they played me out wide, if they played me centre forward, if they want me to link players at 10. I would just get on and do my job. But most importantly, the managers knew what they was going to get and they'd get 110% every, every week. And that's going back to that season. You know, I had a flying start, scored on the first game of the season and I never looked back. That's it, yeah. You looked at five goals in your first seven games. You were scoring goals in a, in a poor side, weren't you? What, what was that like? I think we had a very good squad that year, actually. And I just don't think we got the results we deserved at times. But on a personal front, I think the Preston game, it's probably the Preston game was probably the, one of the best games I've played all that year in the, on the first game of the season. I know we lost. I think that's why David Moyes signed me a few years down the line. But that, that set me off for the season. And, do you know, I was getting chances and I was taking my chances. And I was the fans back me then and started believing in what I was doing and then the interest came from other clubs and it escalated and then obviously I got called up to England which which was a fantastic time for me and my family. I look back it was your debut against France wasn't it at, at yeah. Derby and I noticed Thierry Henry <laughs> was playing for France that night yeah. which is incredible. You must have been the only player from Division 2 I imagine at, at the time you know Frank Lampard's playing Jamie Carragher Darren Williams as well a former York City player how did that feel coming from that level when not all the other players are kind of in the Premier League? I'm a bit apprehensive about it if I'm, if I'm honest but what I thought to myself is I, I was the only one that was playing and scoring in any league the rest of them was getting dipped in and out of the Premier yeah. League or the Championship the old Division 1 but I was scoring and playing week in week out in the old Div 1 so I had that confidence to go in there and mix with the lads and, and they took me in and you know I've, I've kept in contact with a lot of them ever and since. And did you feel sort of training with those players that you, that you belonged at the same level as them? Without a doubt as soon as I went there I, I thought to myself you know this is this is where I want to be this is where I want to stay and pulling that England shirt and no matter what age group you are it's an honour and for me I was disappointed that I only got four caps in the end things changed things moved on but I was just a privilege to play for my country and you scored and, didn't you against yeah, Sweden yeah I scored yeah. against Sweden so it was it was a nice moment so so that season like you say you start off like a house on fire I remember the game against Luton I think it was a 3-3 draw massive crowd in Booth and Crescent yeah your first goal where you cut in from the right and you kind of levered it with your left foot into the top corner I, I watched that back on YouTube this week and it just looked talking about there you, you were flying with confidence 
confidence then at that point where you probably wouldn't have tried to do that maybe the season before or the season before that I think you could see uh, within them performances and the, and the repetition of them performances that, that the confidence was just oozing through me for such a, a young lad at that time I knew there was interest I was playing for England the first player to represent England from York City and like I said there was other clubs coming to watch there was scouts I wanted to impress the fans I wanted to stay on that the top of that bubble because remember previously the previous season was okay season before that was a disaster so I was enjoying that moment how do you know that scouts sir I had an agent I don't know if you remember his name Mel Steen uh, Paul Gascoigne's old agent I had the same agent me and Jonathan Green had the same agent for 20 years so he used to tell us what was going on when he thought the time was right and, and keep us in the loop of who's coming, who's watching. Does that put extra pressure on you then? No, I liked no. it. Right. I liked the pressure. I liked it because it, it gave an extra edge to perform, whether it's right or wrong, I'm not sure, but it did give me the boost to, to try and put on a, a special performance when I had to. I remember going to Wickham Wanderers as well, January the 2nd, we won 2-1, yourself and Barry Jones scored, and then it was 11 without a win and Alan Little gets sacked. Do you think, Alan Little was a bit unlucky to get sacked. Was it just a morale thing for the team in general? Yeah, it happens. Got stuck in a rut. Pressure got piled on Alan at the time. I still think to this day that they should have kept him till the end of the season because I think it had kept in the division. The I left in March and they didn't really replace me with a with a goal scorer. So they lost the goals running into the end of the season and it was just devastating to see him go down on the last day of the season with a turn of results. It was from them on, really, that it, it just went from bad to worse, unfortunately. Once Chef Wednesday comes in, and I, were they the only, only club that were no, in fear or, or put a bid forward? Yeah, I know you said- yeah, there was three or four clubs that were preparing bids, but Wednesday came in on uh, deadline day to, to surprise them. I think a lot of clubs were waiting until the summer, but Wednesday came up with the money on deadline day. I was actually away with England at the time, the under-21s, and I had to jump in a car and, and scoot up to, to Hillsborough to get the the deal done and obviously it was it was a massive move for me to go for just short of a million pound from where I was two years earlier it was it was a huge move and I was gone from playing at Wickham Wanderers to playing against Liverpool at in front of 42,000. What was that like, that first training session with Chef Wednesday? I was I was a little bit nervous that day, I'll have to be honest. When you see the players that you've watched on telly and then the next minute you're training with them, the likes of Carboni, Nicholas Alexanderson, Des Walker, you know, there's, these names just roll off the tongue for me because I'd watched them all in the Premier League for the previous two seasons. So to get thrusted into the middle of it was was a little bit daunting but it was just after a, after a week or two then everybody had took me in and I was part of that squad you mentioned about that Liverpool game obviously that's when you get your first goal as well last last game of the season mm-hmm. bullet header that feeling to score a winning goal against Liverpool you must think back to that pre-pre-season where you're giving up your time not have a break and just solely focus yourself on right I'm going to make this work That you must have felt really vindicated at the end of that 90 minutes to think you know I've, I've come such a long way yeah and, and that's where it came down to do you know I know it's the old saying of hard work and, and try and work harder than, than anybody around you but I was that guy and I never stopped ever since that pre-season and I kept going and, and going and that's probably the, like I said earlier why I played so many games and fortunately for me I only had a, a few bad injuries and if it worked for the injuries I reckon I'd have got up to 750, 800 games yeah it was, it was a great moment in time for me and score, score the winner against Liverpool in front of all them fans Was, was, your, was your dad there to watch it? Yeah my mum and dad was there you, you don't forget them times do you when, when they've put the effort into to take you to training you know week after week you know. At what point did you 
realised that Yorker got relegated because it was the same, same, same day. day, wasn't it? Same day, straight. No, that's the first result I asked for when I came off the thing. So I, I was walking into the changing room, elated, and then after two minutes of finding out, then I was all my emotion came out of my body. I was absolutely devastated. I actually sat there with my head in my hands and the lads didn't know what was up. I, I still remember it now. The energy just drained out of me. So I was on such a high and then went su- to such a low because I knew that I was part of that team. And and no matter what people say that I got my move, that, that really hurt me to see them get relegated that day. The following season was difficult for you. It was difficult for Chef Wednesday, wasn't it? Again, mm-hmm. again were, you, were you feeling the, the pressure of being like a a main striker in a side that was struggling. I came off the bench a lot, obviously, from March till the end of the season. Chef Wednesday finished 12th, fantastic, really, at the time. And then the next season, I think I made more sub-appearances than anybody else in the Premier League. Only started a couple of games that season, didn't really get an opportunity, which I was so disappointed at. But if when you've got the likes of Carboni, Booth, you know, the big names, it was really difficult to break in for a 21-year-old lad and I was really disappointed that I didn't get a, a better chance. How did you feel at that point? Did you think, oh, well, I'm learning off the likes of Andy Booth or, or people like that and I'll, I'll stick it out for a couple of years because I'll develop? People know me. I'm, I'm really impatient. I'm quite impatient. I want things to run smoothly. I want it to, things now. I went to Chef Wednesday expecting to play and start more games. It didn't happen. Yes, I was involved off the bench five minutes here, ten minutes there, go play on the right, go play on the left, but I never really got the opportunity to establish myself it was a really bad season. They ended up getting relegated. And the following year, I moved on again. Yeah. Could, you, could you have gone to Danny Wilson and sort of knocked on his door and said, look, you've paid a million quid for me. Why, why am I not? Did, I did every week. Did you? <laughs> even, at, even at that young age, you, yeah, you were happy yeah, to do it. Happy, yeah. yeah, happy to do it. He, he knew I was frustrated. I asked to go out on loan. I just wanted to play. Yeah. I just wanted to play football all the way through my career. I worked one of these that was happy just picking up my money. Because the following season, <clears> I guess, you know, being relegated to the Championship, are you thinking, oh, I might play more games here? Or, or are you desperate to get back to the Premier League? Or what, What's your thinking around that time? At the time, there was still Gilles de Builder, Gerald Sibon, all on 35, 40 grand a week. There was Andy Booth still there. And I was thinking, am I going to play? And I started the first game of the season, played out wide again. And from that moment, it was Paul Jules, the manager then, and I just thought, is he going to play me out wide all season? And then I had an opportunity, obviously, to go uh, Leicester. to Leicester. That's Peter Taylor, who would have given you your England under-21 yes. debut, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. So was that yeah. quite an easy decision to make, because it's back to the Premier back League? Back to the Premier managers. League, yeah. He's just hoping to get an opportunity again, and it, <laughs> it never happened. Well, the, the one goal you did get for them was obviously against York City, York wasn't it, City, ironically, yeah. in, in an FA Cup game. Yeah. But you must have learnt so much from the likes of, sort yeah. of Dean Sturridge, Robbie Savage, Muzzy Izzet and Jerry Taggart and all those sort of players. Brilliant. But, you know, and you're playing in, in Europe for the first time as well, I believe. Yeah, but it was a brilliant time, you know, because like you said, I learnt so much then. So I, I really enjoyed being around them really experienced pros that have had a fantastic career. Neil Lennon, Matty Elliott, the list is endless. Muzzy is it, Robbie Savage. And it was great to be around them, even though internally I'm like thinking, I need to play, I need to play. And I lasted longer than I thought. I lasted about a year before going out on loan at the end of that season to Preston, which I pushed and pushed and pushed for. And obviously I spent four and a half great years there. 
Well, Preston, yeah, I mean, you scored five minutes into your debut. Was that just almost like a really good fit for you, Preston, North End? I think you get get a feeling about a club. So the first I turned up, the guys were so welcoming. I know I said about the other clubs, but it felt different. Even though I was on loan, I got to meet a couple of lads that I'm really close with now. And like I said, I scored after five minutes of coming off the bench on my debut. And it just felt right. It just felt right. We got to the playoff final, unfortunately, we lost but it was the right thing for me at the time, at that age, to go out and play. And that's what I did. I, I played a lot of games, scored a lot of goals. I think I was top scorer three out of the four seasons. Player of the year twice, I think, out of the four years I was there. So it was a, it was a magic time. He scored at Chelsea in the FA Cup. Winner against Sheffield Wednesday, which obviously must have felt quite sweet, I'd imagine, yeah. after your frustrating time there. Preston 4, Stoke 3, last-minute winner. Patrick yeah. versus Leicester. Another old club. Yeah. Uh, Hattrick v Sunderland, playoff semi final goal v Derby. And then I think your final game from is in another playoff final, isn't it, against yeah. West Ham? Which you have one cleared off the line, but. Hit the bar as well. Yeah. yeah. It was that moment at Preston that we got so far. We had a fantastic team, probably the best collective of a team that I've ever played in. I mean, we was really close. We went out and took the, the wives out. We, we went out as a group of players together. We was really close and we worked tirelessly hard that season when we lost to West Ham in the final beat them home and away that season and was going into the final and we thought you know what we've beat these twice we've been the better team we've played them off the park at Upton Park at, at Deepdale did that make you complacent or, or confident no confident I think but the game was just a dull game there was nothing in it and one of our defenders slipped and Bobby Zamora got the winner and we lost 1-0 and it really hit hard at home for me that is that you know we were so close to the to get into the Premier League a couple of times and not to to get them over the line, which was really disappointing. Then the following season, you signed for Leeds, which, given that you said your parents supported Chef Wednesday and Leeds United, was Mm -hmm. that just to tick them both off to keep (laughs) them both happy? Keep them happy. You know, massive club, obviously. And when you went there, I presume you were sort of going there thinking, right, I might not have got to the Premier League with Preston, but this is my opportunity to get back to the Premier League, older, wiser, maybe. Yeah, I think it was a massive move for me at the time. It was was a lot of money back then. I remember Ken Bates ringing me, telling me he's had to sell some property to buy me, whether he was joking or not, (laughs) I'm not sure. And then his, his wife actually rang me as well and said you know I've sold my diamond ring to sign you so that's the sort of people they are behind the scenes and then I went there do you know with all these expectations and really high hopes and do you know what I, st- I started and it was brilliant scored a couple of goals I was flying the fans really enjoyed watching me my, the high tempo stuff the way I played the way I tackled for a centre forward the energy and it was all going really well and then bang Injury, mm-hmm. first injury, snapped my lateral ligament in my knee, was out for three months, just uh, got away with not having operation, got back from that, really tough time, I thought I was getting back into it again, scored another couple of goals and then bang, I went in to see the physio, saying my knee's a little bit sore, he said uh, we've got an international week coming up, he said we'll pop in, get it cleared out, you'll be back playing, so you had two weeks to have the op, mm. get back in and get out, so in my head I'm thinking I'm back for that game, scored in the previous game, bit of a sore knee, I'll be back for that game. I remember waking up off the operating theatre and I've got physio, physio, doctor, doctor, and I'm thinking, this ain't good. What's going on here? So unfortunately, they opened my knee up and they found some damage to the lining of my knee and they had to repair it. It's called a chondral defect and they had to do microfracture surgery and they said, you're going to be out for three to six months. 
I was absolutely devastated. Is this the first, the first yeah. season that you're there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at that forward line there. You sort of Jermaine Beckford, Michael Ricketts, Healy, Blake, Hulse. There's some strong, you know, championship yep. players there, isn't there? That, yeah, that yeah. Got good goal scoring no, records. That's right. There was a, there was a lot of us. Do you know I was doing really well at the time. I, I'd have played all that season without a yeah. doubt. I had every confidence. Well, yeah, I mean, they sold a diamond ring to get you there, didn't they? Yeah, so exactly. You had to play. Exactly. And <laughs> then to, to miss all the, the second part of, of the season was devastating. And I got I got rushed back. They tried to get me back for the playoffs. The manager put me under pressure. The physio put me under pressure. I was never fit. They pushed me back within nine weeks. And I was trying to limp around the training ground. Then they put me on the bench for the, the playoff semi-final. Well, that's it. The only time mm. I've ever been to Ellen Road to watch a game was was the semi-final for yeah. Leeds against Preston, your former club. And I remember you, you came on didn't you, in the second half and then the, the second leg, you were sent off, weren't you? Yes, which, that's right. Which you can't have had many sendings off in your no. career, which meant you missed the playoff final. It was a you? really difficult season. Do you know what? I was never fit to play. I got pushed into it. I was limping around the place. Came off the pitch at Ellen Road and I, I spoke to my wife, my dad, and he said, God, you look like you was limping out there because it's not right they just they just want me involved and because they knew I could affect a game when I was fully fit then they wanted me energy and everything like that and anyway going into the the, the second leg I weren't sure to be involved but you know you get put under pressure in professional situations which, which is not good sometimes because it could have finished my career went out there and just tried my hardest around first one was a tackle the referee said to me I've only just come on I've only been on two minutes he goes right You've had one, two, three, four, five tackles. And I was like, he's got, me, else. he's got me mixed up with Rob Hulse. We look pretty similar, same build and everything. And the ball came over and I kicked it away a little bit. And he, he sent me off saying, you've had six. And I was like, it's not me, it's Rob. Rob uh, just gone off. Part of it, missed the final, lost 3-0 in the final. Another devastating blow. Is it harder that than playing with the Preston one that went against West Ham? The fact that you weren't involved. When I was out on the pitch, at least I could affect it. When I was sat on the bench watching, it was just like, oh, this is going from bad to worse. You had a f- full house of Leeds fans, you know, 200,000 people tried to get tickets and we was 3-0 down. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was hard. So the next season, you get your injuries sorted out. Right at the end. Right at the end. But I mean, that was obviously a devastating season for Leeds, wasn't it? It's 24th, relegated, administration. I guess what could have gone wrong for that club yeah. did then, didn't it? It started to spiral out of control. What was your thoughts looking back on that, that, that season? such a strange year. I, I didn't play that year. I was, that's, I was out. I had four operations over the course of the end of previous year and all that season. Really close to retiring. A lot of people don't know. I had my fourth and final operation. And I said to my wife, I said, I, I don't think I can go through this again. Do you know the emotional rollercoaster? of mm. trying to get back and then breaking down, trying to get back, breaking down. So I was going through a trauma of trying to get back from injury and, and continue my career and watching what was going on on the pitch in the stand and all of a sudden become a better player, funny enough, being injured because what was going out on the pitch, you know, was so bad. People were saying, Crazy, when you're back, we need you back. And I couldn't get back, I couldn't get back. And finally, I got back for the last four or five games that season, scored two or three goals. Luckily for me, showed to everybody that I was fit. And then, obviously, Leeds went down, couldn't help them, and I was on my way again. So then it must have been devastating looking back, because that was a massive move for you, wasn't it? And, and kind of a Yorkshire club as well. And yeah, it was like that. It, it was felt like, like that. that. And then, obviously, for it to kind of go wrong for you personally and, and the team as well, it must have been really difficult to take. I would say that was the hardest part of my career, mentally 
because I had the big move, the big money move. Fantastic club, a club that I thought would get back to the Premier League. We was close to getting back to the Premier League, lost out in a playoff final, and then I was injured the whole of the following season. Dennis Wise is there, isn't he, when you get back fit as well? Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. He was great with me all that year. When I got back, he put me straight back in the team. And then obviously he got told in the summer... Uh, when the administrators came in that he had to get rid of all the players that was on pretty good money and he told me I was his sixth choice striker (laughs) yeah so it was time to go it was it was time to go I had Hull and Stoke and I wanted to talk to both of them I failed my medical at Hull and and passed my one at Stoke and unfortunately it was it was the right move so that's under Tony Pulis so I know that when he was at Middlesbrough he took them to like the Swiss Alps didn't he and got them to get up at four in the morning and do these sort of runs up mountains and that was that happening at Stoke back then and yes yes yeah. we did it every year I wonder year. what your thoughts were yeah, on that every pre-season we went to Austria we went on all the big bike runs and got told I had to be at the front and lead everybody up any run or any bike then he knew that I could lead the team up and... I've had four operations <laughs> yeah. last season he knew that I was probably the fittest out of the whole squad and he used to, to get me to take the lads up the mountain and, and put them through the paces and yeah it was it was tough it was really tough but you look like for... you enjoyed that oh, love... from, from your reaction <laughs> I love it I love testing my body physically Physically, it was challenging for me, you know, when I was playing at Stoke, I played out on the left for three years, played a few games up front, but I covered the most ground, I had the highest high intensity runs, I was running about 13k a game, high intensity runs were about 2000 metres, which was really, really, really high even back then, he appreciated it and he could trust me and do you know what? We had three magnificent seasons there and, and I'm sure they'd like that team back at the moment. 46 games, 12 goals, which considering you're playing on the left most of the time, you say is, is a really good return, isn't it? And yeah. and that must have been a real good feeling for you after having two difficult years at yeah. Leeds to kind of almost prove to yourself that you're over your injuries. Do you know, all I wanted to do is get back on that pitch and prove to myself again that I was capable of playing at a really high level. Do you know, at the time at Leeds, I think I got 11 goals in 30 games, which... For me, I wanted to be top goal scorer there. I wanted to do what I did at Preston. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. But going to Stoke, it was it needed a massive, massive, massive effort from me to, to get back up to speed and get my fitness levels back up to what I expect. And that season, you know, we had a fantastic team. Liam Lawrence on the right scored 15 goals. I scored 12. Ricardo scored 15. Just the front three, was we scored goals. It was it was a great season. Tony Peel has always been pretty shrewd at the back as well, hasn't he? And, and you get a massive goal at Colchester, the last goal at their old ground, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I think we thought that I'd clinched promotion. We won 1-0 away. Rory Delap long throw, me at the back post, knocking it in. Typical Stoke goal that season. Hull scored in the last minute, so it went to the last game and we just needed a point and we managed to get it in the last game of the season and what was that feeling like at the end of that game I remember watching that on Sky actually everyone sort of invaded the pitch mm, didn't they yeah that's right it was a ma- I don't remember Stoke being one of the favourites to go up or anything I think the bookies ended up paying out on them when they were in the Premier League after about three games bizarrely didn't they because they thought oh well they're just going to go straight back down it, it was you know, it was almost like they're massive yeah. underdogs even in the championship the season before. Yeah, it was an unfashionable club at the time, you know, there was no expectation. But underneath, when I went to speak to Tony, it was like, we're pushing for a promotion. I could tell with the players that was bringing in, uh, the money was spending to bring the players in. Peter Coates, the, the chairman, was going to have a right go. And it was it was a great season. No one expected it apart from the changing room. And we had a tight changing room that, that believed in each other and... We had 11 men, that's what I'd say, out on 
that pitch. I'm six foot two and I was the smallest player on that pitch. <laughs> and so what was that summer like preparing to go back into the Premier League? Were you expecting to play the same amount of games again? I knew that they'd strengthen the squad. They had to survive. You know, I knew I'd play my part, which I did. Played a lot of games, even coming off the bench a lot. But it was enjoyable, you know. No one believed that we could stay up. I remember the fans singing We Only Want 12 Points because Derby got 11 points the season before, <laughs> just for a bit of fun. But we believed that we could stay up and he, he brought some, some good players in to strengthen the squad and thankfully they had 10 years in the Premier League after that, which it was nice to play a part in that. At that point in your career, then, are you thinking, I, I could stay here and I could just keep contributing or are you getting to that point again in your head where you're thinking, but I want to play, I'm, I'm over my injuries now, I've had a good season last season? Yeah, well... You got mixed emotions because you worked really, really hard to to get the club into the Premier League. I'm part of the squad. I'm part of being the other travelling. I'm I'm coming off the bench. I'm playing a part, but it's never enough for me. Like I said earlier, so I managed to to get through that season, which we did. I stayed up, which was fantastic. And the following season, I was I think I was 32. I got offered a new three three year contract from right. Tony Pulis. He loved my character, the way I train. Were you tempted? Um, I thought I did think about it, but do you know what? It wasn't about the money then. It, right. it, it never has been for me. It was about me fulfilling my weekly dose of football. And do you know what? I took a 50% pay cut to go to Sheffield United, what not a lot of people know about. And yeah, I signed for Sheffield United for half my wages. Just, just, just to, to play. play. And I guess maybe at 32, you're starting to think, well, I ain't going to be able to do this for another 10 years. Your career is in twilight years, isn't it? That you think, well, I could stay for three years at Stoke, but I'm not going to play that much. Well, that's it. I could have easily stayed at Stoke and, you know, got my big cigar out and been part of the squad, sat on the bench, been in the reserves, helping the young kids out. But I still, deep down, thought I'd got a lot to offer. Even if I had to go back to the Championship, I got a lot to offer and it proved right. Do you, know? do you think maybe losing those sort of two good years at Leeds, you maybe thought, well, I can make up for a bit lost of time there? Yeah, I just thought, do you know what? I had, I had so much time sat on the, the sidelines. Well, when I'm fit, why don't I carry on playing? Yeah. If if I was thinking about the money, I would have 100% stayed at Stoke. It was never about that. It was about playing and creating memories. And that's what I did at Sheffield United. I, I created memories. In the first two seasons, it was really, really good. First season in particular, top goal scorer, you know, 32, 33 years old, players player of the year, player of the year, scored 14 goals. The fans absolutely loved me after getting booed on my first day. Well, I was going to say that about the fans, that is quite an intense rivalry, isn't it? Was there any thought in your head, oh, I've played for Chef Wednesday once upon a time, I wonder what they'll think again? I knew that I was going to get so much stick on me. It was all dependent on, on my performances, whether I could turn it around. I remember sat on the bench, coming off the bench, my first game there when I'd just signed. The whole ground, 25,000 Blades fan booed me coming on the pitch. And you think, I've just taken a 50% yeah. pay cut here. <laughs> yeah, the whole of the whole of the stadium booed me on the pitch, came on. We, I think we drew against Ipswich at, at home and then, then I made my full debut on the Saturday. My name got read out before the game, boo. And I was like, right, here we go. Anyway, scored the winner against Doncaster in the Championship that day and broke my ribs while I scored a diving header and carried on playing the rest of the game. 
And ever since then, they, they knew that I was going to put my neck on the line for the club. And do you know what? It was absolutely brilliant with me. And they still are to this day, do you know, about how I play, my attitude to the game. And I managed playing there for, for three seasons. Yeah. So, so you played on Kevin Blackwell, mm-hmm. Gary Spee as well. Yeah, Gary, yeah. Soul, Mickey Adams. And then when the club's relegated, it's Danny Wilson, who was, again, he's crossed the divide, hasn't he? Because yeah, he was yeah. your manager at Chef Wednesday. So Danny signed me, obviously, at Chef Wednesday. And... Do you know what? Danny's one of the nicest guys that you will meet in professional football. There's not many managers out there that have managed over a thousand games and Danny is one of them. And you don't stay in this game if you're not good at your job. So he's had an unbelievable career. He's right up there with, I think I think there's under 10 managers that have actually done over a thousand games. And the first thing Danny did when he signed and he was getting booed outside by about 2,000 Blades fans was was ring me and ask me to go down and have a chat with him and tell him about the club. And then obviously we missed out. We got 92 points that season. To miss out having that many points is incredible, isn't it? It's... It was the first club ever to miss out. So getting 92 points and not to be promoted from any league. I scored a lot of goals that season. Obviously, Chad Evans scored 30 goals that season. And then, do you know what? I'm 35 years old and things are happening. And then obviously the local club, when I'm player coach there ring me and say will you come and help 2013 you're back at york how did that move come about well i was player coach i was on the bench at, at sheffield united 35 years old coaching the under 23s at the time so i was on that transitional period being in the change room with the lads but also with the coaches a difficult time yeah. of, of your career and then i got a call from from jason asking if i'll i'll come down and, and help him because there was obviously really struggling to stay in football league and I just couldn't turn it down. Was that because of Chef Wednesday when you sat there, head in your hands, chance to kind of yeah. almost right or wrong, even though you were responsible for that relegation? At the time, do you know, I was in a great position at Chef United because I was on the coaching staff with Danny. I was in, do you know, I was on the pathway to my next part of my career. But I had this opportunity to really make a difference, whether it was on the pitch or off the pitch, at a club that gave me my opportunity. And I spoke to my family, and obviously all my family's from uh, live in York. My kids go to school in York, and... And it was like, yeah, but what if it goes wrong? The kids might get some stick at school, you know. Mm. You've got to look at that side of things. But what if it goes right? You know, it'd be a, it'll be a journey for us all to, to go back there. And then and then obviously I, I made the decision to go back. And we had a great couple of months, you know. We had a really good couple of months. And I will never forget that time with the, them lads and hopefully making an impact on that change room, what was needed and... And I think it did, yeah, from yeah. fans' point of view. I definitely think it did. Even though you only played five games before you were called back, it's not just the two goals that you scored, but it, it was a kind of experience, I think, that you brought to that group. What was it like in that change room with, like, Nigel Worthington? It was good, you know. He asked me to come in and, and do a job and really galvanise and bring my experience to that change room and give them some more belief. Instead of it being Nigel all the time, he wanted an experienced pro to come in and really set the bar a little bit higher than it's been set. And I was up for it. You know, I was an old man. Well, I was running around, you know, not as quick as I was, but I could influence the game and I could influence it in many different ways. I guess you played at a lot of high level at that point as well, haven't you? Dropping down yeah. another couple. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I knew it was going to be tough. I knew it was going to be physical, but I also knew that there was enough in that squad to be able to get him out of the, the bit of the mire that there was in. And, and you know, the lads got hold of it we got we got some good results and started believing and and it was great to be part of in the end how had the club changed in the time that you'd been away what not much really not much to be honest you know the, the training ground was exactly the same a little bit of improvement the ground was exactly the same people behind the scenes were the same so it it not changed much but obviously for them to drop
drop out of the league would be devastating because I knew how long it took to get back. Um, and I used to go watch them in the conference under Gary Mill when they were playing mm. that really good good football. And my family would, didn't want them to, to go back. So that's why I, I made the decision to, to go back and, and try and help out. And how galling was it then for Sheffield United to then call you back? Because they, they called you back early, didn't they? Yeah, they called me back early, but I got injured at, at Northampton. I had a, a pulled calf, so I think it was my time up anyway. But they called me back. I was back in involved with the, the staff at Sheffield United, looking out for the last couple of games with the lads. Great to see them day up that season. And then fast forward a couple of years, you, you're then on the coaching staff at York, aren't you? Mm. And you're involved in various different roles and then in caretaker charge when Russ Wilcox goes. Was that a job that you wanted? Did you want to be the manager of York City? When I went in, I was, I was still learning about coaching. You know, I started my coaching badges when I was, well, I started coaching when I was about 28, and then I, I went on my coaching journey from when I was 32, and I've got my UEFA Pro licence now. And when I was at York, I was just there to support Nigel. When he was there in my, in my playing states, then I went in working behind the scenes and doing a bit with the, the fans and being around it then I got asked to, to do a bit of coaching with Russ support him which I did and I'm still in contact with him now and John Schofield and then obviously when unfortunately Russ lost his job which people do in this I got asked to step into that role and people asked me at the time is this something that you've been looking at I always said opportunity came my way how could someone like me turn that job down with the history that you've with got the history and, I've yeah. got and what I could offer the club yes I was disappointed I didn't get a, a crack at it but do you know what I sleep every night the club went in a different way did you get interviewed did you yeah 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 Yeah, I got interviewed got interviewed off Jason two hours interview full presentation between me and and Jackie and and Jackie got the job and then obviously you're still at the club when Jackie's there only a couple of months working with Jackie his assistant Simon Donnelly I presume you'd have played with at Chef Wednesday yeah yeah good friend so what happened with that? Does it not work out, is it? Yeah, I think it was really difficult for Jackie. And I'm sure he'd, he'd probably say the same if he was sat here, is that he knew that I got interviewed for the job. So he always knew that I was wanting that yeah. job at the time. After that, I said, listen, I'll support you. But after, the, obviously, they went on such a bad run after 10 games and fingers get pointed and, and they got pointed at, at myself and... And I decided, my family decided it was time to, to walk away and let them crack on. How did you feel about your losing their football league position? Because again, you know, you came back not that long before to, mm, to kind of help to preserve that. And, yeah, you know, I, only four years after a long time trying to get back. I, I knew how hard the club had worked to get them back to the football league. And I knew how precious it was to the fans because, you know, I believe... And I know all the fans believe who I speak to around the city that they're a league club, they are a league club, and it was devastating to see them to drop as quickly as they did. And do you know, no one wanted it. Do you know, no one wanted it. Jackie didn't want it. Simon didn't want it. Jason certainly didn't want it. And it was just disappointing in the end for everybody that it turned out the way it did. You end up coaching at, at Leeds again, going back to your to your former club. How was that? I know you, you've left since left Leeds but you were working under Bielsa and making a transition from the academy players to the first team. Yeah, it was what fun. was he like to work it, under? It was, it was such an experience you know I had just short of two years at Leeds as, as head of coaching I thoroughly enjoyed it you know enjoyed my time learnt so much watching the master himself put on sessions and how he works and how meticulous he is with his session designs and session planning but the time was right for me because I have two kids in, in the system at Leeds it was right for me to step away from from them and let them go on their journey so it's the first time for me out of football 
really for this amount of time in 25 years. Do you know what? I'm, I'm enjoying the break. I'm never going to say I won't go back into it because if the right thing came up, then I would. But I've got four young kids. It's time to to see a little bit more of them. And you say two of them are in Leeds Academy, so I guess you, you're going, still going to Leeds to watch yes, yeah. a lot of friends there. A lot of, lot of friends there. And do you know what? It's fantastic people, a fantastic time for me. It was just, for me, the right job at the wrong time. And just to finish off, what's been, sort of looking back on your career highlights, what's your favourite goal you've ever scored? I think one of the most memorable goals is my first one for York City in the Football League at Bradford. And then probably that one at York and probably scoring for England when I was still at York. Best manager you've ever played under? I know you've played under a lot of managers. Oh, yeah. Who who would you say maybe got the best out of you? There's a few. I I don't like picking my favourite manager because I've got that many of them. But David Moyes was excellent with me. He got the best out of me for the year he had me. And he really made me feel like I was part of that team at Preston. So he he was great, yeah. Best player you've played with and against? Best player I've played with is probably Frank Lampard for England. Obviously, he went on to score over 200 goals in the Premier League. Great trainer, great professional. Best player I've played against was Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not bad, is he? He's, he's not bad, yeah. Yeah, I marked him on the day and he scored a hat-trick, so I did my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any defenders that you thought, oh, I hate facing him, got them a week on Saturday and not looking forward to that? I love the challenge, obviously, but the one I thought was, was tough was Vidic at Man United. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tough cookie. Ferdinand was had all the guile and elegance and he was just hard. Well, thanks so much, Richard, for coming in. Fascinating uh, going over your career. Hope you've enjoyed it. No, thanks, Dan. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Richard Creswell there speaking to York Hospital Radio. Many thanks to him for giving up his time. I think the first player we've ever had who showed a real keen interest in our vinyl collection and took great pleasure in hunting down Johnny Cash from the massive library that we've got York Hospital Radio and then playing it on the studio's record player. Once again, many thanks to the Hawksbury Sports Bar who sponsored this episode as well as the Nigel Pepper episode. As mentioned at the start of the programme, really good place to have a pint and watch some football, play some darts, snooker, whatever you fancy really. And also if you've got an event that you want to book out a function room for, whether it's a christening, funeral away, Axis Sports Bar can provide that as well. And finally, once again, thanks for listening. Any feedback, most welcome. Stick a comment on Twitter or get in touch with us, sort of private message or whatever. But uh, next week will be the last of the series. I hope you'll join us for that, where we've interviewed Dan Parsler, who's probably got the, the best insight of any York City player over the last decade, really, given the amount of service he's had. So hopefully you'll join us for that one as well. 